Welcome everyone to the First Name Basis Podcast. I'm your host, Sheetal Jaitley, uh, CEO of Tribal Scale. This is where we bring innovators, disruptors, people working in technology or even outside of technology to talk about the times of today and innovation. With me today, I got Mark Germizian, who's the CEO of American Dream. Mark, welcome to the podcast. What's up, Ari? Thanks for having me. Dude, so good to have you, man. How are things going, first of all, for you? Things are going well. Um, kids are back in school, um, although they're in their own little pods. So, but it's uh, it's been interesting, and we uh, we opened up our center back in October. Yeah, um, it's been a lot of a huge learning curve for me and for the whole team, and even for our guests. Um, but, so let's uh, talk a little bit about American yeah. Dream for like our listeners who don't know what American Dream is. I think most people do know what American Dream is, but talk a little bit about the business. Yeah, so American Dream is, I like to call it a unicorn. Um, it's, it's a mix of Disney World and the best of shopping, the best of food, all indoors, um, right in New Jersey, um, about 15 minutes from uh, Manhattan, actually. So it's about 3 million square feet. Um, what a lot of people don't appreciate is actually the size and depth of the experiences that we have there. Um, we have the largest indoor amusement park with Nickelodeon. So think like SpongeBob themed amusement park with all the Nickelodeon characters, roller coasters, all the way down to rides for toddlers. Um, right. Really incredible. Um, and then we have the largest indoor DreamWorks water park, which is the only DreamWorks water park. So Shrek, Kung Fu oh, Panda. Cool. Um, we actually have a full surfing school that takes place in there. So the wave pool has full waves for teaching. Um, it's, it's incredible. And with all that, we have an ice rink. We have a 16-story ski hill, indoor ski hill. We have an Angry Birds mini golf, Legoland, Sequarium. Um, so there's a whole world of experiences that are ticketed, um, that are unique. And yeah. then we have the best retail. We have the largest Zara, the largest Primark, Uniqlo, H&M. Um, we have a whole Coke Eat area, which is sponsored by Coca-Cola. Um, with all, all, we have a Munchies food hall with Vice. So again, like you come there with your family, you'll come once, then you'll come again. And I could see New Yorkers and New Jerseys and locals coming three, four, five, maybe ten times a year with sure. their families. Um, and it becomes love, a destination, right? It's like a, it's a, yeah. it's, a it's a destination. It's a destination. You, you've set out a plan <laughs> because your whole family wants to go to American Dream. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of our ticket sales are planned in advance, two, three weeks in advance. Average basket includes three, four tickets. So it's families coming, booking their American, their Nickelodeon experience, their DreamWorks experience. Even ice rink ticket sales are going on before. Like you, you wouldn't think that people are buying ice rink before. Angry Birds mini golf is is incredible. Yeah. Um, so it's a destination, which then. You can, I got asked. You got beer leagues in there. You can. You can. Right. So you got. Yeah. So we actually are. We're actually opening up a whole. Um, American Dream Hockey League, Men's Hockey League, awesome. skating lessons. Um, it's really it's really incredible because the whole thing's indoors, right? Um, yeah. and one thing that I'm trying to do is how do we actually emulate and become more Disney-esque with how we operate, the culture we're creating, and that kind of magical feeling that you feel as a guest when you come onto the property. Very cool, very cool. So this pandemic, obviously, yeah, it's something you don't expect and it's something it's, that's very tough to plan for. 
Um, what are some of the things that like you just recently opened back up? And so what yeah. are some of the things that you and your team had to think of that you never even thought you'd have to when Yeah, pre COVID. Pre COVID, so right? First we were gonna open March nineteenth. Um, it was supposed to be our grand opening. Um, we had to shut everything down March 16th. Right. Uh, so that was very hard psychologically for the entire team. Um, we had to go through a furlough period um, and really cut down really hard. And it allowed me personally that I started there in January. Um, we kind of like revisited like who we are, our mission, our vision, what we are as a company. Um, it accelerated a lot of our digital things. That so we that's like you had to go do like some real soul searching even before yeah. you open the doors, right? It was crazy. Um, and you're kind of thinking about like, what the hell is, what are we going to do when we open? Are we going to open? How soon can we open? I think a lot of people thought that this was like a month thing, a two week thing. I thought it was a two week thing, man. I was like, hey, everybody at Tribal Scale, we'll be on the cautious side and we'll stay home for three weeks. <laughs> it was crazy. We um, still aren't back we still aren't totally yeah. back. And yeah. um, we, we actually had to build, rebuild our entire ticketing platform so that can support session-based um, ticketing, that can support capacity-based ticketing because we're working at 25% capacities. Right. We, we partnered with Health um, um, Hackensack Meridian Hospital, which is the leading hospital in our community um, to f work with us on our guidelines. So we had to re we had to retrain our lifeguards at DreamWorks Water Park, retrain our ride operators, our attractions, mm -hmm. retrain cleaning, how we clean, how often we clean, like it, it's endless. Um, and it, it was a lot and we were happy with how we came out. We actually created this initiative called dream safe. Yeah. Uh, and you can see all the guidelines and what we've done, but it, it's cool. a little, you kind of like just open source this so others could learn from it. Yeah, yeah. So if you go to, are in place. yeah, if you go to AmericanDream.com, you'll see it. Um, you'll see Dream Safe. You can click it. You can see everything that we're doing. Um, we had to create videos around it. Um, but again, it's we're operating today at 25% capacity, mm -hmm. um, which is working. Um, but but uh, but it's a it's a big change for everyone, myself and the whole team. Have you had any scares yet? No, we haven't. Not yet. Okay, um, good. And it's it's been really great. How, um, in, in that 25% number, that's something I'm guessing that is like state san sanctioned on indoor. Yeah. Like, what do you feel the right comfortable level can be? Like, what do you feel like with all I don't think there's a magic and everything you've done? Yeah. I don't think there's a magic number to this. I think honestly, it's almost like everywhere is different. Um, like we're so huge, uh, we're 3 million square feet. So you could really do social distancing really well mm -hmm. as you walk through our center. Um, the 25% is working. I think we can go a little higher. Um, again, you also, it's not even just about the guests, it's about your team members. Like you want them to feeling safe and comfortable too. Of course. Um, but I think starting at 25% is working. Um, hopefully as we move on, we can increase that number. I don't think we need to go jump up to 50%, but we can go up another 5%, maybe in increments. Going increments, yeah. Um, and I think there's just so many different use cases, like between a restaurant and a theme park and a mall, you're, it's not that you're sitting in one place the whole time. Um, you're walking around, you're running around. So mm -hmm. it's, I think it's very different than people that are sitting and, and, and sitting down facing each other and speaking. When you go with your kids to an amusement park, you're running around. Um, and what's interesting about the water park, it's chlorine. Um, the chlorine kills the bacteria. Um, the, 
So it's a lot it's of safer. It's almost safer to yeah, just put it out of the way. You're like, I'm not naturally. <laughs> you think I'm not going to go to a water park yeah. during a pandemic, but um, a water park that is the largest in North America with all the chlorine is actually pretty safe. Yeah. So it's, instead of using Purell all the time, just jump, jumping in and out of the pool. That's it. <laughs> you do it again, the whole clean. Um, as, as the pandemic, like, as, and you talk a lot about your staff, which I love, but like as the pandemic, you know, went on, one of the things I think a lot of our executives who tune into this podcast is like, how do you keep them motivated, right? Like, you know, you've had to furlough people, people who are trained, super excited to open, you know, and then yeah. what did you do? Well, like, what are some tactical things you did with your team to so keep them motivated? I think we, I think communication is key. Um, we, we did weekly, daily stand-ups, depending on the team and the departments. We're communicating a lot about what we're doing. Um, we're communicating a lot about the customer feedback. I think people are really passionate about what we're building here at American Dream. Sure. Um, it, and they want to be part of it. They want to delight people. They want to delight the customer experience. So it's definitely hard. It's hard. Um, but I think on the flip side, you also have to be aware and sensitive to their personal lives and things that are happening at home too. Um, I think a lot of single parents are, our parents still may have their kids at home. And uh, I think being sensitive around hours and requirements of being in the office and requirements about being where they need to be, um, understanding when someone's not feeling well, understanding what family needs, personal needs. I think that gets them a little more comfortable and excited to be part of an organization that actually, actually understands that those values. Um, and that's something that I've been trying to instill across the board, regardless of someone's title or position in the company. Most execs I talk to um, who have actually come to me and said, and, and we've actually seen this here at Tribal Skills, we've seen like morale almost go up in a way. Yeah. Because I think it's a time to really shine as an organization and show your empathy towards your staff, really show them what your moral fiber is going to be like and how much they actually mean to you. Right. Yeah. And I think there's organizations that are doing it wrong and they're, they're, they're paying the price for it. But you know, I think empathy, just like you, you were talking about is one of the things that yeah, we're, most often. we're seeing, we're seeing a lot of our team members. We, we actually call them dream makers. Our dream makers are, yeah. um, they're, they're working harder. Um, they're, they're, they want, they want to lean on each other. They want to work together on making this successful. And, I think we're in a unique position because because of how much everyone's kind of talking down on the retail industry. Mm -hmm. um, although we we view ourselves totally different as a unicorn in the market. Like I said, it's Disney, it's food, it's retail. Um, but we want to prove people wrong, and we are. Um, our our traffic numbers, our sales. Primark is is now one of the top. Our Primark location is one of the top locations within the Primark um, of all Primarks. Uh, our Zara store every week is getting better and getting comps to to um, competitive locations around the area that have been around for 20 plus years. Wow. Uh, our yeah, our Build-A-Bear is the number one Build-A-Bear in the territory. So it's it, again, you, this is like a new thing that we built that didn't exist, and all of a sudden we're we're ranking in the top three of stores that are that are having that are there today. And then our we're hitting capacity numbers every weekend at all our attractions. So we're selling out. Um, so it was, it's been really interesting to watch and kind of see it unravel. Um, 
which gets me excited if there wasn't a pandemic, how much better it would be, right? Right, right, right. You know, it's, 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 I, I, gotta, I, I admire what you guys are doing there. And, you know, you and I have known each other for, for years. But, like, when everybody's running away from retail, you know, you've chatted with you over the years. You're like, no, I got a vision. Like, the retail is still a thing. and We can make it, make it work in a, real, in a real lucrative way. Yeah, it's definitely a thing. Like, I think um, a lot of other centers, unfortunate for them, it's it's 100% retail, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think 100% just isn't going to work anymore. And and for them, they're thinking about experiences. They might just put like a Ferris wheel in the middle of the mall. Um, that's sure. Not work, right? little, like, this little train that doesn't go like anywhere. We built, we built 500, half a billion dollar attractions in our centers. So the, the DreamWorks, DreamWorks and Nickelodeon Amusement Park um, those aren't little Ferris wheels. So I think sure. it's a yeah, yeah, yeah. different, um, in terms of our go to market, our vision, um, which then again, separates us from the rest of the crowd. And, and what is the response been for your tenants? I mean, that's another thing, you know, these, these retailers are hurting and, you know, you hear about like them going to their various, I'm not going to name them all, but they're going to their landlords and like, just, yeah. just dull-eyed, not even knowing what to be able to do. So how have you been working like that part of the relationship? We've been trying to be, we're trying to work with all of them. I think what's interesting in our one, we're unique that we never opened prior to the pandemic, the retail. So now that we, we opened October, that was the first time we actually opened the retail. So a lot of these stores are all new and they're all flagship locations. Um, so it's been pretty interesting to watch a lot of them wanting to open and are excited to open with us. They're all, they're also looking for morale boosters within their own organization. Um, so for them to say that they're opening with us and, and then seeing that the results of opening with us are in their top five, top three stores nationwide. Sure. Could you imagine it's like in a pandemic Primark's talking about how amazing their store at American dream is going, how um, Lululemon's going, Uniqlo, H and M, like they're all really kicking ass. Um, which I think is really amazing. Um, that being said, there are smaller ones that we got hurt. Like GNC is a good example. GNC sure. shut down and bankrupt. Shut down, yeah. Wasn't related to our centers, but that's a unique situation where they had a small store with us actually completely built out um, where we're now looking to lease it out to someone else. Um, so there's going to be a few of those that kind of hit us, but overall we've been working with each tenant and thankfully we, we've been seeing positive results. Have you, um, so like when you got like space now, I mean, one of the things that most retailers, you know, like I guess some of the smaller ones are not thinking about expansion, especially now during the pandemic. What are some innovative things you're doing to attract new, new, new tenants into the, into, the, into the space? So tracking or innovative things we're thinking about. So there's a few things. So we, since I got here, I've been, digital has been a big focus of mine. Um, and well, you're you know, a digital guy by trade. We should say that. Mark, yeah. I've known Mark from his digital days. Yeah. <laughs> They'll never really not, leave you. <laughs> it's never going to leave me, and it's still very strong within me. Um, and digital is how you scale and how you disrupt, and technology is how you scale and disrupt. And For sure. I think one thing that we've been testing out that I've been, I've been uh, driving the initiative is, is um, live commerce and how, how can we bring actually live commerce to our 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 customers and our guests. And what that is, if you notice in Asia, they have like the live apps where you can shop and literally mm-hmm. the app you download and people are like talking about what they have and you're watching them. Um, it's like a live story, um, but, yeah. but shoppable. 
Um, so we've been testing that at Mall of America with our tenants and it's been going really well. Um, I kind of look at American Dream and Mall of America and the shopping centers that we own as content producing. Um, they're, they're, they're creating content, right? So if you think about, we have all the music parks, we have the food, we have the retail. So we have all this content just sitting there. How can we actually bring that content and break it out of our walls? Um, and those are things that we're going to be doing and launching soon within Dream, um, American Dream launching our own platforms to kind of support these where you can do live shopping. So yeah. again, it's not limited to just the foot traffic that's coming through our centers, but if we could push this out and actually have you being able to shop American dream stores from Toronto, that's pretty awesome. Um, you can actually, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be me dude. It'd be my wife. She yeah. bought me this shirt. She does everything. But, <laughs> but imagine being able to get a behind the scenes, um, behind the scenes of the water park and right. you, you subscribe to that and you can watch it. Um, maybe you're, nieces or nephews can actually watch um, a show of SpongeBob that's taking place at Nickelodeon, but they're watching it. So there's a lot of things that we're going to be doing that we can bring in. So I think like we're in that content business and if we could figure out ways to distribute out the content um, outside of our walls, that's going to be interesting. Then we're, we're also thinking about e-commerce and our e-commerce can be really interesting. If you think of Disney, shop.disney.com they're selling merchandise from all their characters and all the brands plush toys hoodies t-shirts um we also have ip we have ip with nickelodeon we have ip with dreamworks we have ip with angry birds um so we're going to actually be launching our e-commerce version of shop.american dream which is going to be selling those that merchandise from that ip as well which i'm excited about you know, it's, it's cool that you're going to do this here in North America because in Asia, this is like a common thing, right? Like in Asia, they're so far ahead and, and, and they've done this, but like nobody's really taken this like platform-based approach to get a yeah. bunch of retailers on a platform. I think that's the problem, yeah. right? There hasn't been a consortium per se to be able to do this yet. Yeah, so we're, again, I think we're, we're, we're special because we, um, the American Dream brand is a brand itself, right? If you look at our Instagram, we're now over 150,000 followers. You look at any other shopping center, they're, they're, they're lucky if they hit 20,000 followers yeah, on Instagram. Yeah. And we actually had Cardi B come by American Dream <laughs> yesterday, which is like, she actually DM'd <laughs> us. She's like, I want to come with my daughter. Um, that's amazing. And I think it's, again, I want to- Did she rap? Did she rap in the middle of the mall? <laughs> Thank God, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's a family experience. <laughs> exactly, it's a family experience. <laughs> but could you imagine, like, we're trying to be more Disney-esque and we have celebrities and, and, and people coming through and wanting to be part of this, um, which I think is really, really speaks volumes to what we're building and what we're kind of trying to create here. For sure, for sure. Now, just before we stop, and I don't want to like keep talking about the pandemic too much, but New York just like did a whole quarantine, get tested before you go into New York City. It's like a you got to get like three day test, and so being in Jersey and like such close proximity to the city, like how are you guys dealing with that? We're we're pretty serious about it um, with our teammate, with our team, our dream makers, everybody at answers a questionnaire before they come to work every morning. Mm -hmm. um, if we're doing temperature checks for all our, our ride operators, our lifeguards um, every day, um, even our guests, if they want to come into our attractions, they're doing temperature checks, they're, at, they're signing a waiver. Um, I think we need to be 
really, really, really strict about it and really professional about it. Uh, and um, you have to wear a mask when you're at American Dream. Um, you're going to get a couple of... Uh, if you don't go have, 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 you had to, have you had some of those nutsos who just refuse to wear yeah, we asked them mask we, and, and act like jackasses when they show We asked them to leave. We asked them to leave. Yeah. Um, and that's just the reality of where we are today. Um, hopefully, we'll start seeing the cases come down. Um, I think we're in that little bit of a second wave, at least in New York and New Jersey, a little bit, not as strong. Okay. As it's happening state. everywhere, right? I mean, Europe, yeah, but, Europe, um, Europe's facing it pretty bad. And even, think, here, even here in Toronto, I mean, Ontario has gotten up to like a thousand cases a day, which we've never hit before. Yeah, but I think, I think New York and New Jersey, specifically compared to other states, um, have been handling it pretty well. Mm -hmm. um, at least through this second wave. And I'm hoping that we'll continue to kind of stay somewhere where we'll start seeing it go down. Um, unfortunately, um, I think this is kind of the new way of life till we see a vaccine. Um, um, but I, I would be disappointed to see if we start shutting things down again. Um, I think it's important for kids to be in school. I think it's important Absolutely. for people to be working and the economy to be moving forward. Um, I think if we're all responsible with the mask wearing and we're responsible with how we're conducting ourselves personally and professionally, I think, I think there's a way forward instead of having to shut everything down again. I agree with you. I think, you know, they, we've learned a lot about how not to con like get the virus. And if yeah. we just, if we be responsible, wear our masks, follow proper hygiene, wash your hands, you know, use the use sanitizer, socially distance. I mean, there's no reason why we should stop life completely. Like we should still keep doing what we do as human beings, which is, which is our day to day, whether it's work, play, family, whatever it may be, but let's just do it in a more respectful and more responsible way and not yeah. shut down our economy. It's unfortunate. I mean, south of the border, um, and then not to say we don't have it here in Canada as well, but it's unfortunate to see that, you know, it's being politicized and, yeah. and, and, and going there. All right, so it's November 5th right now when we're filming this, and I think this is a good segue. Um, we don't got a president, and I say we like I'm, I'm the American sitting there with you, but we don't got a president right now. Yeah. Um, there's a lot going on. Let's just, let's just you and I shoot the, you know what, like we usually do. What are your thoughts on what's happening right now? I don't know. It, it, it's crazy. Um, first, it's really incredible to see how close it is. Yeah. Uh, I think. Were you I mean, shocked? Were you shocked? I personally wasn't. I, I wasn't either. I, I, I think people underestimate the Republican side and specifically Trump supporters. Mm -hmm. um, I think they really underestimate them. And I think middle America, I think the coasts underestimate middle America. If you sure. think about that. Um, or even, even if it's not middle America, even if it is just a Trump supporter, I think. Yeah. You know, I, I, I did this whole tweet rant yesterday where I just went off. Um, I did a little tweet storm, but it was all about like, I just don't think the left actually sits down to listen to what the other side wants to say. And I bet you well, there's a, like, not everybody is in a pickup truck with a Trump flag trying to run a bus off the road. That's a Trump supporter, right? There's normal, these are like our neighbors, our yeah. executives who are Trump supporters, even, even, even our, the blue collar workers, you know, every, like there are, these are people that we met a lot of people don't give even the opportunity to hear them out. Right. They don't, yeah. they don't even want to hear it. And so 
they'll just shut up and not say what you don't want to hear. But then when they go to vote, they'll go vote with what they, yeah. with the policy or whatever they believe in. And I firmly believe most of those Trump votes came from people who don't even like Trump because he's such a jerk, right? Like, um, he is pretty divisive and all that stuff. But I, I, I like a lot of those, a lot of those votes came because people are actually concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate where it is. Um, mm -hmm. And it's very divided. Obviously, it's not like it's a small group of people because um, you can see from the results of the votes. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping whoever wins can actually kind of merge that gap between everybody. And I, I think at the end of the day, if COVID didn't show us anything, it shows that we're all kind of connected. Yeah, um, for sure. And I think there's probably, there's, that's something that I learned from this and it's unfortunate, but I'm hoping that we can get through it. Who knows how long it's going to take now with all the, the legalities and recountings and suing and this and that is just going to prolong. I think what, probably will happen um it looks like biden's gonna win um and but you never know right um, you never know you know i mean you don't know i mean looking at the stock market the stock market is on fire to, like the last yeah. couple days which is odd because it's, it had a pretty big sell-off at the end of last week thinking hey we may not know what's going to happen in the election yeah. but you know as we're doing this right now i'm looking at we're 367 points up on the dow yeah it's pretty wild it's pretty wild. It's, uh, By the way, I'm, I'm Canadian too. I can't vote. So I'm just kind of sitting on the sidelines. Did, did you not um, get a citizenship? Get your citizenship? I have, I have a green card. You got a green card? Are you going to go the citizenship route? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the benefit is right now yet. Um, I pay my taxes. My kids are American. My wife's American. We'll see. We'll see where it lands. Uh, I like, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of down the middle guy, so I'm kind of trying to see where this thing goes. Right. Um, and we'll see where it ends up going. I, I just hope that we don't close the economy again. That's just my one take on it. I think. Are, it, you, are you afraid that Biden will do that? They've hinted towards that, but I don't think they'll really do that when it comes down to it. Um, I, don't, I don't think, I think so. To like really do that again. We're past that point. We're past that point. We're past that point. Um, I don't think they'll do that. I think they'll, they'll have a lot of things to focus on. Unfortunately, whoever wins, the entire focus for the next two years is going to be COVID. Mm -hmm. And the agendas that they've had, that they've both been talking about, the things they want to do, I don't think any of that's going to happen. We're going to be in the same status quo regardless of who wins just because of dealing with this pandemic and getting the, the country back past this, getting a vaccine going, getting – this is another 18 – to 24 months. I, I think so too, dude. I think it's going to, it's going to so, take that long. I think, what do you, yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you feel about like, while we're on politics, what do you feel about like the stimulus and like has, has government stepped up enough? Do you think they need to step up more? What do you, well, right now there's nothing, but. <laughs> right now there's nothing, but I, I think, I don't know. It's hard, always hard to put yourself in those, in their shoes. Um, I think it helps certain people and it didn't help others that may have needed it more. Um, I think there are probably better ways to help smaller businesses, um, uh, specifically like restaurants and, and things like that, where these families poured their hearts into their restaurants and so many of them closed down, even though they got stimulus. Um, then, like, especially you look in New York City, and, yeah. you know, it, what's going to happen in the winter? Like we aren't sitting outside on no patio. I don't care what you're so now that they do, they're letting you, they're letting you do indoor seating now. 
um, okay. in the city. Um, but still, I think there are probably other ways that we could have helped these smaller businesses. Um, it's it's funny they they helped smaller businesses, but not in the way that I thought it was most efficient. I don't know I don't know the right way to do it. Um, but then they went straight to the airlines and they left everyone in the middle out. Um, right. So it's been kind of interesting to watch that unfold as well. Um, We'll see. Well, it's, tough. it's tough. I mean, especially, I mean, you get to see this every day, right, Mark? You get to see entrepreneurs who've just like put their life savings into what they want to do and be a part of American dream. And, you know, and now to watch them hurt, it's like, it's, it's, it's not right. their whole life's on the line. All right, man, I'm going to switch it up a bit. Uh, I do this little segment where I just start asking questions right off the cuff, just so the audience gets to know you a little better. Sure. Um, so here we go. Uh, if you were able to travel right now, where would you take you and your beautiful family? Wow. Where would I go right now? There is no COVID, no pandemic. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to take your family? If I could just choose anywhere in the world? Anywhere in the world. Budget doesn't, does, no budget? No budget. <laughs> I'm buying. <laughs> I'd love to go to an Amman, an Amman resort somewhere overseas. Okay. Awesome. Um, what are you binge watching these days? Oh, I just watched um, um, Barbarians. Barbarians, what is that on? It's on Netflix. It's it's, on Netflix. it's, it's a it's a German film. Um, it's unbelievable. It's 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 a little short on the episodes. For oh, the it's, it's in like German and Latin, right? Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like Game of Thrones and that kind of that world of like warriors and fighting. Um, it's really, really incredible. Yeah, one of my favorite series was Rome on HBO. Um, yeah, so this is, like, this is Romans and Barbarians, like, fighting. I love it. I love it. Um, all right, Mr. Canadian, who's your favorite hockey player? Right now, Connor McDavid. That's, that's easy. All time. Um, Wayne Gretzky. I'm, no, I'm, I'm born You're going to be Edmonton, eh? Everything's Oilers. You still rooting for the Oilers? Absolutely. Die hard. Die hard order the fan. Watched every game. No Devils, no Rangers. No, no, yeah. Not going to happen, eh? No, I love no. it. You keep, you keep fighting that good fight down there. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Um, Mark, let's get back to retail for a sec. Where do you – what is your advice to retailers? Where do you see the future of retail, retail going? Um, yeah. You know, we've seen, we've seen some cool innovation in, like, curbside – but where do you see the future of retail going? I think we kind of touched on it with, uh, with what you're doing on your platform, but I'm CEO of Zara. What should I be doing? What should I be thinking of? I think, um, first, I don't think there's a silver bullet. I don't think there's one thing that everyone should be doing. I think that's hard. Um, there's, you have to do a whole bunch of stuff. So one, um, obviously you need really good product market fit with your product. I think For sure. a lot of these retailers that are shutting down, um, they're like GNC vitamins and all that. Like that was going to happen. Um, how are they like, why is anyone going to a GNC to shop? You can buy all these vitamins. You can buy everything online. Um, I think Zara is really interesting because they actually turn over and churn through their products every two weeks. Um, so they and, always give a, they, they always give the customer a reason to go back, right? Like, yeah. So it's like, they're really smart about that. And, and if you're going to miss that two weeks, you're going to miss what was there and you're, and you're, you're going to come back every two weeks. There's something new in the store. Um, and I think they have a great app. They've created an incredible app user experience. 
Um, and they created a great following where they're just staying fashion forward with everything that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side, Primark actually has no online business. Um, I don't know if what? you know that. Um, you, should, and, you should introduce me to them. I could help fix that problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're actually against it. Um, and what? Their, their whole thing is that selling online, you make no money um, because you're paying so much for customer acquisition mm-hmm. and you're paying so much for shipping. And, and it just, the numbers don't make sense. Um, and I think they're probably unique because maybe their average basket price is a little lower. Sure. Um, so maybe, that, maybe they're right. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think there's, there's no silver bullet. I think you, it's having the right product, um, having the right user experience. I think digital, your digital strategy needs to be really well thought out. Um, I think there's a lot of great platforms like Shopify that can enable you to test online. Um, curbside, I think, is important. It just seems like it's something you have to do, but I don't see it becoming like such creating such incremental value. Mm-hmm. Um, again, there isn't anything specific. I think it's just making sure that you're not staying dead in the water and, and staying becoming comfortable with where you are. That's where I would leave it. Um, I, I would say as soon as you become comfortable, you need to start press, pressing the gas. That's almost like for everything, though, right? Even your life. Like yeah. you, as soon as you're too comfy, you're not learning. You're not look at, look at like the best analogy in the world is, is, is the Blackberry. Um, mm-hmm. They just kept fighting it and fighting it and fighting it when Apple came out with the iPhone and who yeah. was the smart one between Blackberry and iPhone and Apple? It was Samsung. Yeah. Samsung came in and said, you know what? Apple's right. I'm going to yeah. go touch phones and make Android. There was no reason why Blackberry shouldn't have been the Samsung of today. Um, 100%. No reason at all. And you know, you know, you hear you hear stories that like Balsilli um, had like prototypes of touchscreen devices in his hands on his desk even before the iPhone. And really? Just like now, nah, the keyboard. We're just going to stick with this keyboard and yeah. And he, they kept fighting it. Like kept fighting it. Yeah. He kept fighting and fighting. too much market share. You think you can't be taken down? And eventually, we all loved BlackBerry. BlackBerry was the shit. Yeah. Like you, yeah, you know, BlackBerry. It was like, what? How could you not? Use What's your pin? What's your pin? I mean, yeah, and messaging. They own everything. They own the whole ecosystem, and they could have been the Android Samsung of today to really combat. And it's because they were comfortable and they fought it. So, I would say to the retailers, don't fight it. Don't 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 dig your feet into the sand. Like, be open. Be innovative. Try things. It's okay to fail. You have to try things. You have to try and learn. And if it doesn't work, it's okay. You have to keep trying until you crack the code on what works for you and your brand. I admire Google for that. Like Google comes out and they do these big like products and they launch them, but they're quick to like shut them down. I think it's just this week they're like Google Play Music is going to now merge with YouTube Music and it's done. Really? Wow. And so like I love that. It's like, hey, Google goes and tries and if it doesn't stick, forget it. They're going to find another... They still got learning out of it. And so they're yeah. going to go and try to apply it to another part of their business and keep going moving forward. Those are the famous last words, right? We've always done it this way. Uh, those are your famous last words. If you catch yourself. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. Oh, well, we always do this. We always do it this way. Well, that's exactly why you should not do it, right? Exactly. Exactly. And that's also, you know, um, if you're not reinventing yourselves, I also think like with our staff here at Tribal, like when we hear that, we're, we're just like, no, let's challenge the status quo. Doesn't mean if I'm CEO, I'm always right. You got to challenge. You got to challenge, and I call it healthy friction. You have this healthy friction all the time of, of having real debate about like what should the next step forward be. Yeah. Um, 
that's like, you know, that's, that's, it's a good way to have a, it's, but it's been hard for retailers. I think it's, it's an industry that's been hurting. And, and uh, like I said, there's no silver bullet. And I think naturally you're seeing the ones that didn't accept the things we're talking about are the ones that are kind of falling out. Um, and I think COVID accelerated a lot of that. Like a lot of these probably would have been around for another two, three, four years. Yeah. But it just kind of like wiped them out really quickly, um, which again, I think is going to spark a lot of strong innovation too. Like think about like how a lot of your, your own customers, and your clients have innovated themselves through COVID. Things that you were trying to tell them to do for a long time, like, oh yeah, yeah, we'll do it, we'll do it. They're all. We look, we look at, we look at financial services like that slow-moving beast, um, and our large banking clients like have had more innovation in the past eight months than they have in five years, right? Like now they have to do it. They have to do it. They don't have a choice. Like a, a good example, honestly, when I came to American Dream, it, it's a Microsoft suite. They all use the Microsoft suite. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, why don't we start using Teams? Um, and nobody wanted to touch it. Nobody. Really? <laughs> the entire organization is on Teams now. Um, nice. And I was pushing it, but like this, everybody's on it. Um, we're now all on OneDrive sharing docs. And I know these are small things to a startup. Like, what? What are you talking about? Like, everyone's on Slack. Everyone's on Google Docs. Like, yeah, yeah. But the, for a large enterprise, to get a, a shift like that is very hard. Um, but COVID allowed us to do that. Cool. Um, Mark, I want people to understand your tech background, man. You guys, yeah. you guys, when we first met, I was like, what the heck are you guys doing? And then, you know, I started seeing the traction. Um, but talk a little bit about AppBoy and like, which, which is now called Braze for all of our yeah. listeners, um, which is an amazing, amazing New York City success story. Well, global now, but started off totally. in New York City. So talk to us a little bit about how, how that whole story came about, how, you know, how the team came together, how you guys even started solving a problem. Um, wow, it's a long story, or it was a long time ago, it seems like. Um, but it all kind of started with, with um, Steve Jobs announcing apps on iOS, and I saw that as a unique opportunity to build software for apps. I like to call it the picks and shovels. Um, I love the picks and shovels business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just felt there was going to be a rush of apps coming into the marketplace. So I was thinking about how do we create services or software that could support the app developers and the brands that are making these apps. And, and the software we landed on um, was creating a CRM yeah. or lifecycle marketing, marketing automation, and engagement platform. Back then, we didn't know what to call it. Right. And for these developers and um, fast forward today, we're, we're now the leading lifecycle marketing platform, engagement platform for mobile apps, websites. We power majority of emails, push notifications that are going out on. We're on talking your- big brands like people don't realize it, but you guys are the ones who are powering the apps that's on the first or second screen of your device. Yeah, so when you're getting a push notification from, from Lyft or you're getting a push notification from SoundCloud, Domino's Pizza, Pizza Hut, that your pizza's ready, then you're getting the email with your receipt. That's all powered by Braze. Um, and I think kudos to the team that we put together. Kudos to I gotta my, get I got to get Bill on here soon. Yeah, my co-founders and those guys. Um, and I, it, it's a special company. Um, really privileged to be part of it. Um, and excited to see where we go. Um, we're, we're now competing with 
the sales forces of the world. Um, and it's been really, really amazing to kind of watch, watch. And with all that being said, I think we're still scratching the surface with where it's going to go. I love it. Yeah. Every time I, I, I still chat with your team there all the time. And every time I talk to them, there's new innovation and new things on the roadmap where they're just like, Hey, there's so much more opportunity. That we so much more. Turn. And that's one of the, that's a tough thing too, right? Is trying to know, too much opportunity could also be your downfall, but like knowing which opportunity to go for that makes sense at the time is, yeah. is a science in itself. Um, dude, I know I got a lot of your time right now and you're a pretty busy guy, but before we wrap up, man, what are some things you think uh, in the spirit of innovation you want people to walk away with to say, you know, if I'm going to go and if, if we're from a CEO and I got innovation as a checklist on my checklist, how would you want the, how, what would you say? How should, how should they approach it is, is the question I'm trying I think, to um, Take it in bite sizes. I think a lot of people get intimidated by technology and innovation. Um, I think they don't know where to start. Sometimes they jump into it too early. Um, I think when COVID started hitting, everyone's buying thermal checking and body scanners and putting them all in front of their, their stores and all these things. And like, I, I, I think a lot of that is like bad investment. So I think a lot of technology can be bad investment and having someone that can actually help you guide you through that and what it really takes, where you start, how can, how can you create an MVP? How can you test? How can you hear from your customers what they want before you go in? I think taking a bite size is, is important, um, but it's important to do it. Um, I think it, there's a lot of CEOs that just have the ideas and they want to innovate, but they kind of push it to the side because they're so busy with the day-to-day, um, take out an hour a day just around innovation and things that you can focus on. Put a team together that's focused on innovation, um, task them with it, and with real results that you can track. And, and I think that's the hard part is actually doing it. Um, so, And you can do it. Technology is available to all of us these days. Like, Look at Shopify, mm-hmm. a Canadian company we're all familiar with. Like you can go on there and start an e-commerce site with a click of a button. It's unbelievable. Um, so there's just so many ways to launch technology these days. You don't need to have a computer science engineering right. degree to do or it. Or a very large team to be able to do it. Exactly. Like even there's so many, and there's so many awesome products that like off the shelf, you could streamline some sort of stack together to yeah. you know, get your vision done. Exactly. Um, so just to recap what you're saying, A, you're saying, you know, start really small, bite size, dedicate time to actually go do it. So put a team on it. One of the things I love what you said is like be actionable. Um, so make sure you have actionable results so you can have quick wins so you're actually constantly pro- pro- progressing. And last but not least, like don't try to create everything from scratch. There's stuff available. Yeah. yeah. I think the bite size is the most important. I agree, like, dude. Don't try to boil the ocean. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and then you also said, listen to your customers, make a customer center. Take the feedback and iterate, take yeah. the feedback and iterate. And it's, it's going to be like this to start before you get to a straight line, but you got to start somewhere. Um, Will Smith, my wife was showing me, he's like, uh, he had to build a wall some for his dad. He was working for his dad when he was a young kid. His dad's like, you got to build this wall for me at my store. It's like, how the hell am I going to build this wall? And then he's like, I know he's going to do it one brick at a time, one brick at a time. And then guess what? He, he, he's like, I built the most beautiful wall in the world. <laughs> Trump should hire him. 
<laughs> it's a beautiful wall. It's you get what I'm saying, right? Oh, like, the world's never seen a wall. Like a lot that. of people are just like, where do you start? One step at a time. I love it. I love it. Mark, thanks so much for joining us, man. This has been really insightful. Um, to our listeners, first name basis, available on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, YouTube. We, we post it everywhere. Mark, thanks so much. Thanks for I, having me. I can't wait to come down there and see you or vice versa. You come back up here. Uh, but miss you, man. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. I'll see you. Thanks. Bye.